Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Senior Content Executive at Goodlord, and today I'm joined by one of my colleagues, Rick Smith. Uh, he's our Head of Tenancy Services at Goodlord and an expert in all things energy with plenty of things to share on what the energy price cap increase means for your tenants and landlords. So hi, Rick. Thank you for chatting with me today. Great to be here. Well, um, I think uh, just first of all, I think the listeners need to know why they should be listening to your energy advice, really. So if you could tell me, uh, tell us all a little bit about you, about your background and uh, why you are our resident expert in energy. Sure. So uh, I've been very much involved in the energy industry for uh, for really all of my career. Uh, so it really started with a, a master's in uh, environmental technology from Imperial College, uh, which was really quite a formative year uh, for me in terms of setting me on a direction, uh, both with a passion for energy as well as uh, trying to implement uh, some kind of a change for the better. Uh, then, you know, a bit of consultancy, who who hasn't been there with a bit of consultancy, unfortunately, um, which also then resulted in some time at British Gas setting the price of gas and electricity for UK consumers between 2013 and 2016. Uh, so there was a price rise or two for about uh, 15 million uh, households uh, throughout that time. So apologies, that that was partially. Uh, I was going to say, me. should we be blaming you for this? Perhaps it's not the not the platform to announce that. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, not me me personally to blame, but uh, but very much involved. Um, and then uh, then I went to work for Uswitch, the price comparison website. Uh, so very much uh, taking uh, sort of price saving, energy switching uh, to you know to the masses. So the UK's largest energy switching platform, which is which is Uswitch, um, you know, completing over a million switches um, per year, saving hundreds of millions of pounds for UK consumers across the country. And that's, you know, that's where, you know, getting to grips with the things that influence uh, the prices as well as influence consumers. Like, why would anyone choose to do something quite boring, like switch your energy supplier? Um, you know, there is more to uh, these online journeys than just make it look nice and easy. Like, the, there is a lot more to uh, to web development, web journeys that that help and support, but also um, tease you along a little bit to make sure that, you know, uh, the messages are positioned in the right way. And then after after you switch, of course, uh, I joined Good Lord. I joined uh, in April 2020, just as the pandemic uh, began. Uh, and really, it's 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 since then that I've been taking my and bringing my knowledge about energy switching uh, and utility switching and getting utilities set up in the right names, uh, bringing that to Good Lord and help powering uh, our tenancy services proposition. Which has moved along a lot uh, in the past uh, nearly 24 months, and you know, and the fact that here we are now with the energy crisis uh, is really helped pay dividends. You know, helping share uh, my knowledge and advice to our customers uh, to help them uh, understand how to get through this this particular period. It is a period. Uh, it is it is a transitional period. Uh, it is a period of change, uh, but it is not necessarily a period that's going to mean that everything will be back to where it was. Um, after this period of change. And, and I think that's probably a little bit of where we should be talking about um, as, we, as we go through this, uh, this particular discussion. Well, I think that that's, uh, that's a good outline and it really shows that we're quite lucky to have you, particularly with everything that's going on at the minute. It's, uh, it's great having somebody having with your background to be able to, 
to uh, to work with us and make sure that we are getting the right services, switching services and things out there for our tenants, but also for, uh, you know, just generally having this background, this knowledge about what is going on in the industry and making sure that we're doing the right things uh, in line with that. So that's your experience. But I think that in terms of setting the scene a little bit here, we perhaps need to understand, you know, why energy prices are increasing and what the energy crisis is. I mean, it has been going on for a, for a few months now. So um, the listeners probably have a bit of an idea. But um, I mean, what, what would you say is the story so far? What what is the energy crisis? Yeah, so I suppose we can't just take uh, this winter in isolation. Uh, what we need to do is we need to go back uh, nearly 12 months uh, into early 2021, uh, where we need to look at sort of fundamentally uh, what was happening in the world. Like the world was trying to, should we say, uh, recover from the pandemic uh, after a period of effectively contraction. You know, things have been slowing down, people have been driving less, flying less, um, you know, fundamentally doing less across the world. Uh, the result was that you know there was a huge glut of oil and uh, gas. The United States uh, had effectively filled its storage capacity uh, with crude oil, and there were ships waiting out at sea full of crude oil as well. Uh, and so actually we saw prices massively plunge, and with low prices it then results in uh, low production. So we you know, we have supply and demand. When there is too much supply, uh, as a result, too much demand or too little demand, uh, prices go through the floor. Fine. So we had very low prices about about a year ago, uh, but then actually, then the economy wakes up, starts using that supply of oil and gas that's around the world, um, and actually, production didn't necessarily ramp up as quickly. So actually, throughout all of 2021, uh, we nearly all of 21, uh, we saw the wholesale price of gas and electricity climbing going up quite consistently um and when i mean when i say wholesale what i mean is i mean it's this is the commodity this is the stuff that no one really touches it's the sort of the paper transaction it's the city of london um it's the nasdaq it's uh it's the balancing points uh, across the world uh which are trading these things somewhat huh, hands free of the actually dirty stuff uh, but nonetheless, uh, with the with the cost sort of gradually inching up, uh, what began to happen is that these costs very much uh, were coming to energy suppliers. Who actually, what does an energy supplier such as let's let's pick an example of British Gas uh, or EDF? Let's say let's stick with British Gas. Um, what they are mostly doing is their um, their activities are no longer dominated by the North Sea. Like they don't actually do very much oil and gas exploration anymore, Senrica. Um, they don't really generate much electricity anymore. They do a bit, but not as much as they used to. Uh, but what they do do is they sell gas electricity to consumers and to businesses quite a lot. And actually what they're doing is they are buying energy from the wholesale market and they are selling it to us consumers. And then they are issuing bills. Fine. And managing the sort of ins and outs of cash. Fine. That's fundamentally what an energy supplier does. And their costs began to rise. They rose successively uh, through spring, summer. And then in the winter, we got this really sharp inflection where it really, you know, much like some of those exponential growth charts we've seen from the pandemic, like that real ignition point when it then starts shooting upwards into the sky. And that's what happened to costs. And with that, uh, that then meant these costs, in effect, uh, these energy suppliers need to pass on to, their, to fundamentally the people who are buying it at the, at the other end. Costs go up, the price goes up. That's, that's, that is how, how things should work. Now, um, anyone who's, who's 
relatively close to this sort of story will also be aware of the concept of the energy price cap is is that something you've you've come across susie I mean, obviously, it's something that I think that uh, this kind of thing, when it affects uh, everybody pretty well, everybody uses energy. I think that most people at least have an idea that it exists, but people might not necessarily know what uh, what exactly it is and why it fluctuates. You know, uh, and I think that you're probably best placed to explain that, Rick. No, no problem. So this is where we have wholesale costs rising. Fine. But then we've also got effectively um, a promise. Uh, uh, a policy uh, called the energy price cap, which limits the price uh, of some tariffs um, or the cost of gas and electricity to UK homes, not businesses, homes, um, uh, and limits that maximum price that can be charged. Um, we can go into a little bit of detail about that, but but the, the, the crux of it is that with the increasing costs and this limit placed on uh, on the price that can be charged, we very quickly ended up in a very strange situation where actually a lot of energy suppliers, mostly the small ones, the little new ones who've been selling these energy uh, tariffs, potentially on U-Switch or potentially not on U-Switch, um, for a real cheap price, they hadn't necessarily gone out to the wholesale market and secured the supply of these gas and electricity units for the months and years to come. And so they ended up in this very awkward situation where they're kind of um, they're promising to sell it to you for a very cheap price, but they haven't been able to buy it at such a cheap price. And actually, the price is getting more and more expensive. And what happened was that these small suppliers weren't able uh, to, in effect, um, justify that they were a liquid going concern, meaning they went bust. And that's why we saw over 27, 28 energy suppliers go bust in 2021. Go bust means they no longer function anymore. They can't promise to supply gas electricity anymore uh, to anyone. Uh, and in effect, um, the process of the supply of last resort is then initiated. This is an off-gem process that basically means nobody's lights go out. Everyone continues to have gas uh, at the end of their, their gas pipe. Uh, but the price at the nice cheap fix, maybe, that they've been promised goes in the bin. Uh, and they end up on a new default tariff um, with a new supplier. And that can take weeks and weeks and weeks uh, for that to all come out. I can share my personal experiences that I was uh, supplied by one of these cheap suppliers that went bust. Um, and that went they went bust in September. And I'm still waiting for that uh, here in February uh, for that to come out in the wash. So it takes time uh, and can be incredibly disruptive. Uh, so with these energy suppliers also going bust, uh, you know, that sets a little bit of the scene of the, the cost going up. But this energy price cap is also in the background. Now, this price cap is reviewed every six months. It's actually, in effect, there's, a, uh, there's an Excel spreadsheet. There's an Excel spreadsheet for everything. Um, but the, but the Ofgem, the regulator, maintains and runs effectively a spreadsheet uh, that sets uh, what the price cap can be. Now, that is reviewed uh, twice a year. Uh, it's reviewed, uh, in effect, in February, uh, with a view that it's then implemented in April. Uh, and then it's reviewed again in August with a, review, with a view that that's then implemented in October. And here we are in early February. So we heard uh, last week that the energy price cap was going up by nearly £700. Now, £700, how much do people pay for, for gas electricity uh, in the UK? It varies, okay? It varies. Uh, your annual bill will vary how big your house is, 
how hot you like your house, actually how well built your house is, how well insulated it is as well, um, as well as what light bulbs you've got in your house. So there are a lot of variables. But And so in the energy industry, uh, everyone likes to talk about averages, uh, a nice average sort of headline figure. And so this £700 increase is compared to a previous bill of £1,277 as the average. So this is a 54% price increase. Now, this is enormous. I mean, Prices are literally doubling overnight, but they're going up by half uh, overnight. So this is a significant uh, additional cost that consumers are going to have to bear. Like There isn't really much way around it. Um, they're going to have to bear um, come April. Now, you sort of say, well, what if I've got one of these fixed-price tariffs? And yeah, actually, a fixed-price tariff, you're in a good place. That's, that's a nice place to be. But it will have an end date. And actually, 70% of households are on these tariffs that are underneath the price cap. And so, you know, we are very much looking at a picture of costs going up. And so from the 1st of April, luckily, it's not the middle of the winter, but from 1st of April, uh, prices going up by, on average, 54% across the country for gas and electricity. So whether you haven't got gas or whether you've got storage heaters, um, the price will be going up quite, quite significantly in that time. And with the fact that obviously, therefore, this price cap has been brought in to uh, to make sure that those those costs are covered, um, does that therefore mean that we're not really anticipating many more suppliers going bust? Do we think that that is what you know? Do we think that that will help with that situation? And therefore, the actual the current providers out there that's going to stabilise in terms of them not failing or continuing to fail. Mm. So I have mentioned the price cap uh, and suppliers going bust in the same sort of sentence. Some industry commentators will say, oh, the cap was too low and um, and the cap is a thing that made the energy supplies go bust. That, that is often repeated uh, and stated by senior executives of energy suppliers who've gone bust uh, because they want they, there is a sort of blame game. They want to blame the regulator uh, that uh, that the regulator did this to them. The regulator stole their business. Um, I and many other industry commentators don't really subscribe to that. In, in effect, those suppliers that went bust um, were speculating. They were selling at a price and crossing their fingers that they could be able to buy the wholesale energy at a price which was the same or lower than what they were at before. And because of this, this uh, rocketing cost of wholesale gas and electricity, that became very much not possible. Uh, they ran out of cash um, they they spun the wheel, they placed their bets, and they lost. And we've gone through this enormous uh, cost ramp up, which has effectively shaken the tree of, I'm going to call them irresponsible energy suppliers, or ones that were not well-funded is another euphemism. Um, the, those suppliers have now gone bust. Uh, yes, we have had another failure um, of an energy supplier in January 22, Together Energy. Uh, they were actually backed by... Um, in effect, they were they were backed by a local council, um, which had uh, put in a lot of money, uh, and that council will have lost that money. Unfortunately, it's public money that's been been lost as a result of speculation. Um, so, I don't expect an enormous number of energy suppliers to go bust now. There are a lot fewer than there, than there were before, um, but uh, but there will very much be um, tighter belts. Uh, at these energy suppliers, as well as uh, fewer uh, enticing fixed deals, uh, which are uh, which is going to be one of the things that's going to set the tone for 22. I guess now it's, it's probably a good time to to look at 
the people that this is affecting, you know, the end users, the people who are actually buying, uh, using this energy, I, I guess, and more specifically for our audience, for tenants and landlords and what it means for them. Um, obviously, with these uh, these prices increasing in energy, that is going to have an impact on the on the cost of living. I mean, how how far spread is this? You know, how how is this uh, how is this feeding into the economy, and how is this um, going to have an impact on tenants and 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 their landlords going forwards? Mm. So, in uh, I think in a, in a previous webinar uh, that we did, we very much refer to the fact that look, you know. Uh, I, think, I think it was in, in circa October, uh, we were looking at the fact that actually the price cap was being revised up by a, a modest sort of £100 or so uh, at that time in, in late 21. Uh, but also saying, look, this is going to go up again in April, which is, which is where we are almost now. Um, and it's taking a lot of things with it. So energy is inescapable um, and the cost of it in, in our economy. Uh, we uh, we light our buildings with it, we heat our homes with it, uh, and we power our factories with it. And that is one of the contributing factors, which is making uh, fundamentally everything uh, more expensive. Uh, so yes, fine, gas electricity uh, prices are going up. Uh, and so we can look at the fact that we are seeing an inflation across the board uh, rising. And that's borne out in food, uh, you know, groceries going up in price. You know, we can talk about, you know, sort of uh, be it, uh, boxes of eggs going up from 83 pence to sort of 89 pence. You know, you can see that's not quite 10 percent. Uh, that's gone up. That's from sort of December to December or a pint of milk from 55p to 60p. Like these are these are things where you're saying, like, oh, yeah, wait a sec, that, that is 10 percent. You know, that's quite a significant price increase, whereas the Bank of England aims for 2% sort of inflation. That's, that's what they deem to be natural and and uh, and sort of acceptable. But with inflation running much higher, um, pushing up prices, uh, the Bank of England has also had to had to take action, which is to increase the Bank of England base rate uh, by uh, 0.25 percentage points up to 0.5%. Uh, so for anyone who's on a tracker mortgage, myself included, uh, that will increase uh, the cost of those those, those mortgages. And it, it builds pressure. And it will also likely feed through to uh, car lease plans or higher purchase plans, anything with a with a, uh, a debt component that is linked to the Bank of England base rate. But it really is uh, sort of pervasive and spreading out. Also, there are other natural, um, natural, I wouldn't call them natural. Uh, there are other price uh, increases such as council tax uh, going up, uh, you know, going up across the board, um, you know, by 2.99%, 3%, um, nearly across the board, uh, nationally, um, as well as the fact, you know, we're all paying more at the petrol pump to fill up our cars. Um, unless you're fortunate enough to, um, uh, to have an electric car, you've, you will have seen the price of, uh, of petrol and diesel uh, going very much uh, up and down. Um, and increasingly up across the board. So this adds to a picture of increasing cost, increasing sort of household budgets. And, you know, there are, there are quite a few numbers banded about, about what, is, what does it mean to the average household? It's quite a difficult sort of thing to describe. Uh, but there's very much a view that, you know, about £2,000 is being added uh, to the cost of the average household. Um, and that includes, of course, the national insurance uh, rise of 1.5 percentage points, which clearly varies based upon how much how much that household earns so adding an extra couple of thousand pounds cost of living um 
based upon, you know, we know that some people struggle to heat their homes, some people struggle to to put food on the table. Like, it is an extremely difficult time um, for for a large number of, of people at home, be they tenants, um, be they even potentially landlords or, or or even customers and estate agents out there. Like it is incredibly difficult. Nobody would want to see an additional two thousand pounds uh, taken out of your pay packet or off the out of your bank account uh, each year. So uh, lots of these things are, are adding up in terms of cost. And uh, on obviously, there are lots of things that are adding up, as you say, but on the other side of things, uh, there are there is financial support available out there for you know, whether it is tenants, landlords, agents even that need to access it. I mean, uh, could you perhaps touch on any of uh, those aspects? I think that recently, in fact, there have been some new announcements over rebates and things from the government in order to try and balance a little bit these increases with uh, a little uh, new support out there. That's right. So one example is a £150 council tax uh, rebate or effectively credit. Uh, that's only for council tax properties band A to D. D's kind of considered the average property. It's kind of uh, sort of the, 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 the middle of the mark that is used to sort of compare council taxes. Uh, and that's why A to D will actually result in 80% of households uh, getting this £150 credit. It's an incredibly uh, coarse measure. Uh, of course, council tax bans were, were more or less set in the early 90s. Um, they're not terribly reflective of what's going on, but nonetheless, it is a quick and dirty way uh, of applying a credit to, uh, in theory, uh, those who need it most. But that's a that's a pretty generous statement. Uh, for that, says a bit of council tax help. Uh, there's also uh, £200 uh, on energy bills, which will likely arrive in, uh, in October 21, uh, sorry, October 2022. Uh, and that's a bit of a that's a bit of a funny one. So that's where, um, in effect, the government has said, "Yes, everyone's going to get two hundred pounds credit uh, on your account. Great, but we're also going to effectively recover it uh, over the next uh, five years in forty pound chunks um, per per year." And you sort of go, "Well, what is that?" Well, I, I didn't ask for two hundred pounds. It's 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 welcome. It's not quite seven hundred pounds, um, but it, it's welcome. But what is that? And so it's it is a fudge. Yeah, let, let's call it for what it is. It's it's helpful. It's going to help some some people, um, but it it's a it's a fudge because we're going to end up paying it back. Um, and so actually, the government is kind of crossing its fingers right now that costs are going to go down in the following years because then if costs go down then that 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 40 quid that's being laid in considerably swallowed up by the, the falling costs but the expectation actually in the market is that energy costs are not going to just start falling not likely to fall in 22 um, 23 maybe but this is one of the points i alluded to at the beginning which is we we've gone through a transition where costs and prices have gone up a lot um, are we going to see them come back down? Uh, not in the short term. So this is not a short term blip. It's not an up and a down roller coaster. This seems to be a transition to a higher level, higher level of cost, um, which if you listen to the Bank of England, sort of, we have to get used to um, for, the, for the time being, at the very least. So the, the, this £40 cost in future years, I think, poses some quite curious questions. Um, so let's take an example where you have a tenant who moves into a property now. They enjoy living in that property for a year. They get their £200 credit and they leave. And then you have a new tenant who moves in the following year. One tenant has benefited from the £200. 
the other tenant who moves in afterwards has to effectively end up paying the £40 the following year. And you sort of go, well, what, what, what's going on there? And this is the nature of the bodge and the fudge uh, that, that's being done, because it's going to be done at a property level. It's not going to be done at a person level um, or a household level. It's going to be done based upon your meter, more likely than not your electricity meter, um, is how these credits credits will come about. You also face the interesting sort of scenario, well, you know, the number of houses in the UK is not static. We're building houses, maybe not fast enough, but we are nonetheless building houses. And so when new houses are built in, in 2023, the occupants won't have benefited from the £200, but they will experience the £40 cost for each progressive and following year. So again, you sort of go, well, how's that fair? You know, that seems very much like these guys are just, um, in effect, uh, paying someone else's bill. And so this is not a neat uh, solution. It is a solution, but it is not neat and it is not necessarily universally uh, fair. Uh, it is in review. The, these, the things with energy policy is that nice big promises actually end up being ruthlessly difficult and complex underneath. Anyway, so, so that's, that's two, uh, 350 pounds potentially on the table. Great. Welcome. Um, there is also the warm home discount. So there are any other energy bill uh, based uh, credits that are available. Um, they are means tested. Um, and it is, again, approximately £120 a year, uh, which is a credit uh, to the energy bill uh, if you meet the criteria and if you apply for it as well. So it's not something that's just handed out. You do have to uh, in effect, put your hand up, talk to your energy supplier, uh, and they will be able to help you identify whether, you, whether you're eligible for that warm home discount. There's also cold weather payments if it's really cold. Actually, we're coming out of winter now. Uh, but this is all about uh, successive days, uh, temperature below zero. Um, okay. And again, that's mostly, uh, and the elderly get an extra boost uh, as well on that. Um, so that, that's some of the examples of help that, that's out there. Um, but let's be absolutely clear, these higher costs are feeding through. They're going to feed through rapidly. The Bank of England is actually suggesting that um, inflation hitting 7% uh, later in 22 uh, before settling down optimistically uh, to 2% uh, in 23 um, is, again, the sort of pathway that we're on. So it does look like we need to, agents and landlords do need to be aware that this is going to be a long-term issue and it could have um, quite a big impact on, on their tenants' finances and so on. So I think a bit of understanding uh, as agents and landlords have got used to having over the past couple of years, um, it is going to have to stay around for a bit. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know, affordability is, is the thing that really is coming in here. Like it, it's, it will affect people's ability to um, to go on holiday, some of the discretionary spending, um, you know, as people choose uh, to divert their their hard-earned money from things that are discretionary to things that are very necessary. Um, and that's from heating and food bills as well as rent. Um, but unfortunately, there will be more tenants um, who will have to make the difficult decision about where best to, to, uh, to place their hard-earned money. And for landlords, I mean, obviously, you know, passing on this information, this financial support that's available, making sure that their tenants have explored any possible avenue if they were to have any difficulties paying rent, for example, because of these uh, price increases elsewhere. Um, are there any particular tips that you'd give to agents to pass on to their landlords um, to uh, to help them in this situation? Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about, you know, understanding, you know, we're, we're all human and actually um 
being able to be accessible and talking to your tenants about uh, some of the some of the troubles that are that are there. So whether whether landlords take a a rent collection service or whether they're just a, a let only service, you know, instilling that level of of trust and openness uh, with your tenants is is definitely is definitely key. Um, when it comes to what landlords can do in order to help sort of reduce uh, exposure of their tenants to this, like fundamentally well insulated properties uh, are going to be least exposed to uh, this energy uh, price shock so let's be clear that you know yes there's the there's the epc energy performance certificate ratings there's you know there's the targets and the requirements and the limits on you know the the banding that that's required but a property that is well insulated will have low energy bills a 54% increase on a low energy bill is a lot smaller uh, than the £700 that we've been talking about. But a poorly insulated building, uh, which is very expensive to heat, you know, 54% added on top of that, is even more, like is a ma- much bigger step. Um, and so therefore, you know, ensuring that, um, that these cost-deductible investments in your property, insulation is cost-deductible, um, you know, and offsetable uh, from profit, you know, these are wise investments. Um, yes, there are, there is potentially a lot more investment to come uh, in the near future in terms of what needs to be uh, invested in properties. But insulation um, and being able to ensure that your tenants are happy and warm and able to afford their energy bills uh, is going to feed through into the bigger picture in the long term, which is they are more able to afford to pay their rent uh, as well. No, it definitely seems to be the right time uh, in terms of, well, regardless if we can help tenants pay less for their energy, that's obviously a good thing. But the fact that um, minimum energy efficiency standards are going to be increasing in the not too distant future, I think that uh, for landlords to stay compliant as well. So a lot of these investments will have to be made anyway. So why not start to spread the costs and bring it forwards a little bit and start to uh, to make those changes now to help tenants and uh, make sure that they can keep paying their rent for as long as possible and make it easier for everybody, I guess. Um well, Rick, I think that that's uh, that's a great place to uh, to uh, to um, to end our podcast. Unless you have any other further nuggets of gold that we're missing that uh, agents and landlords out there need to know about the situation. We work uh, with one of the UK's largest energy suppliers, Scottish Power, uh, with both our void and our direct uh, energy switching proposition. Scottish Power have been uh, a one of the very few energy suppliers who have been uh, operating and continuing to support uh, tenants, landlords and agents uh, with energy switching throughout uh, this period, both when costs were low and when costs were, were very high. Uh, so we're very fortunate to be able to uh, work with Scottish Power, um, a, uh, a long-lasting operating in industry for over 150 years um, and internationally backed as part of the e-patroller uh, energy group, so operating across the world. Um, and so you know, being able to offer these tariffs to, uh, to our tenants uh, and to landlords and agents uh, has meant that we have helped uh, ensure that fixed prices uh, are being offered to tenants. So that means that they can lock in their prices uh, of gas electricity so they wouldn't be exposed to this £700 price increase. So you know, there is there are ways and means around it, um, but it is about locking in that price. And everyone would like a time machine, go back a few months and lock it in a bit lower. Um, 
so yeah, so you know, the, we continue to offer uh, these deals with with Scottish Power, um, and we've seen a significant uh, uptick uh, in our void proposition. You know, as a result of the fact that you know we are one of the few uh, in the market operating. So if there is anyone who wants to uh, wants to help make sure that uh, they're switching their properties to a uh, to a, a green and sustainable uh, energy supplier, uh, then uh, do get in touch uh, with Good Lord. No, it's uh, good working with a with a larger energy provider. I think at these times, there's a bit more stability there. Um, and uh, the other thing for for agents and landlords out there listening as well, we also have our um, energy crisis hub on the news agent site, where you can find lots of resources, including free downloadable FAQ sheets that you can share with your tenants, with your landlords, just about what the energy crisis is, and uh, just to keep them a little bit in the know about the support that is available, and a lot of which we've discussed during this podcast. So, um, thank you very much. For, for joining me today, Rick. I do think that was it. It was a good overview and I think it's good for agents and everybody out there really to, to have a handle on and to make sure that they're aware of what's going on uh, out there and where things are going. So thank you. A pleasure. Thank you, Susie.